0: you listening to a dose of black joy and caffeine on apple Podcasts? well if you are please make sure that you leave us a review now of course we would love five stars but if anything we want to hear how you are enjoying the show now back to a dose of black joy and caffeine so i mean if you're if you're good to go i'm good to go
1: ready
2: fired up
0: fired up all right well listen let's go welcome one and all to another episode of a dose of black joy and caffeine i am super excited to have my guest on the show today please introduce yourself
2: uh how do i i just did my title ado?
0: yes we would love to hear your, t-
2: <laughs> your name introduce
0: yourself <laughs> to the world
2: um i'm mcqua I'm a designer at Cash App right now. Um, it's a cool job. What else do I say I do? Um, I'm a Capricorn.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Long walks on the <laughs> I like
2: books. Um, I like food. Um, what else can I say I do? I feel like there's not a lot to me besides I like books and and eating and sleeping. There's not a whole lot to me.
0: Listen, that is what a true, humble, creative individual will say, but I am super excited to introduce our guest and also excited to learn more about her journey. So we actually know of each other by way of where Akwa went to college at, which is Savannah College of Art and Design, where she earned her BFA majoring in advertising with a minor in photography. So no stranger to being around the camera. Yeah. but ready to take on the industry. She spent time at in the advertising industry, also worked for CNN before moving to the West Coast where we met once again where she worked, or shall I say met at Google, where she worked for Brand Studio. And for three years at Google, she was a key leader and key contributor to so many of the beautiful uh, brand identity initiatives that took place there. Outside of that, She also was a key member in really making sure that she played a role when it came to employee resources by serving as a mentor to several different Black designers and continues to be spoken of so highly. You know, so with that being said, welcome (laughs) to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine.
2: Thank you, Adu. Way better than mine.
0: Oh my goodness, absolutely. I mean, tell me like, what was your first memory of you falling in love with design?
2: Man, Um, it's hard because I feel like I've kind of breadcrumbed my way to it. Um, But I definitely remember, I I just asked my mom a few days ago, like, how did she know I was gonna be like an art kid? Mm -hmm. And she reminded me that I used to make these houses out of paper. And i would leave them all over our house like these really can i curse
0: it yes I you? um i always tell this to guests. anytime i'm able to put a e on an episode my rating, my ratings are going up so oh, okay. let it fly we're good
1: <laughs> okay I <would> leave, <laughs> little, little paper little. Boxes.
2: and she wouldn't throw them away she would just keep them all over the table but she kind of just kept giving me more and more paper to burn through and so I think that that's probably my earliest memory of like making something that I was very proud of was these little shitty paper artists, paper houses. And she thought I was going to be an architect. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's math. And a quad does not do math. So, yeah, for sure. That, that was honestly something I hadn't remembered that I did. But my mom reminded me that I used to make those. And those, those, I was definitely very proud of them when I was like five or six.
0: Wow. And so this is new to me. I mean, have you? Would you say that you have a hand skill when it comes to, I guess, drawing and painting? I would love to learn a little bit more about that.
1: Sure.
2: I actually went to SCAD initially for painting. Like, that's what I thought I would do because I went to high school and I took an AP art class for, Mm -hmm. like, you know how AP classes work. You take them throughout high school. So mine was painting. And I was really interested. I thought it was going to be like a Black George O'Keefe. Okay. (laughs) Because I really liked. Nature, and I grew up in a very rural area in Alabama. so i've I've always connected with my family by like painting and drawing the things that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even the way my my grandparents are, they're very hands- on, so like they're always outside doing something. And so I think I just my way of I guess connecting with them was to drawing what I saw. you mm-hmm. know, like that was like my way of being very hands-on. so. For sure, when I first started, I thought I would be a painter. And then it wasn't until I got scared that I realized, oh, actually, I'm not a painter, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> And so it took a while for me to really figure out like, okay, well, what does one do if they can't draw? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's kind of how I found my way to graphic design. But I'm still very hands on. like I that's still how I get my ideas out is mm-hmm. it starts with like some form of a sketch or a drawing or or something does, yeah. does just be
0: good, yeah. I mean, you talk about Atlanta, which is a big city. We obviously met when you were living in the Bay Area in uh, San Francisco. But do you think that you would have still been able to achieve the highest level of, I guess, creative success in Mobile, Alabama?
2: No, Mm -hmm. I don't don't think so. And I I think it's one of the big reasons for that is when you're growing up in a smaller area,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. like I did. Mobile's not that small. It's not like... Like my cousins grew up in like Enterprise, Alabama. So that's that's pretty small. Um, but you just don't know what what's out there. You know what I mean? You don't know all the facets of art and creativity. So I think you just make yourself very narrow and small to fit into the place that you've you've grown up in. And so I, was, I think I was fortunate that my my mom and my grandparents were very supportive of me figuring it out, even though they didn't know what I would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as You're I think.
0: All- most, and all- No, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think, I think also, too, it's the construct of how things are set up, even not only within, like, industry from a commercial standpoint of, like, where people go and where they have to go, like, you know, to get those resources, because, like, there's no way within the next five to 10 years that should still be the narrative, you know, like. They should see that in Mobile, especially with you being able to work from anywhere you want to and go where anywhere, you know, that you want to. But it's almost like you had to go to Atlanta in order to do this. You had to go to San Francisco, you know, in order to do this. So I'm hoping that will change soon. Same.
2: Um, And it's, it's definitely gotten better since I since we were in college, you know, like when we were in school, I didn't even hear any chats about diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was like, what, not to date us, I do, but 2012, yeah, yeah. 2000s, like early 2000s, no one was talking about intersectionality or being inclusive or what it meant in the context of art and design. So mm-hmm. it's already getting better. And honestly, now that the industry is changing, then we'll start being more conscious about like regions, like what does that type of diversity look like? Because, you know, Black Southerners are very different than Northern mm-hmm. Southerners. It gets even more intersectional, and so I'm hoping that as we progress, it'll become less and less of a thing for us
0: okay. to talk about. I love that, and also speaking of getting better, I know that anytime that you make a move or you do something new, there's this uh, refreshing element of life. You recently yeah. moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Congratulations to you and oh, your man. husband. What are what is one of the biggest benefits that you have realized through moving to a new city?
2: Oh man. Um I think not to poo poo San Francisco, but I had gotten
0: very op- Oakland, California, by the way. I don't want anybody <laughs> to ever get it confused. That was her and her, hers man's decision to I'm live mad. on that side of town. But Oakland is 15 minutes away, right across the bridge. So
2: there. It's just, <laughs> I, think I missed, to be honest, like seeing a large volume of Black people.
1: Okay. And yes. in a
2: way that kind of started to bleed into how I thought about stuff, mm. I guess it's way too normal not seeing like hordes of Black people. And then I ran into, I had a situation to do where I went into Best Buy one day. Mm-hmm. It was like a lot of Black people in Best Buy that
1: day. <laughs> <laughs> comfortable. Wow. I got a lot of comfortable
2: seeing, like a bunch of black people and I was like oh this is not good for me right like I think it kind of started affecting me on a weird subconscious level which then affects how you see the world yeah very odd for me and so I think it, not only did I need to be closer to my family because my family is a huge support for me I think I just need to be closer to more versions of black art people you mm-hmm. know the in the Bay, it was just very narrow. There wasn't a lot of nuance in, in Blackness when I was in San Francisco. Not that there, not that it does not exist. I have like one point of view, right? <laughs> and I'm tech. And so there's that whole added lens. But for me, I just didn't feel like I saw a lot of versions of myself. Yeah. Like I remember me and the mom went to the MoMA and we were the only Black people at that exhibition. And just, it was just moments like that where you end up feeling very isolated and alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Honestly, when I would see you, when I would run into you at the office, like that'd be a good day.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm serious. Oh, same,
0: a- same, yeah. same, my friend. Even though half the time I, I was literally, <laughs> where is it doing?
2: Running around, but that's what would make it nice. Like I'd see you around all day. Mm-hmm. Um, So moving to Atlanta, I think has been good for me. Because I do my best work, and I think of my best self when i'm a, when I'm able to be around people that look like me, not necessarily think like me. yeah, right. Because I'm on but when there's more versions of me, it helps it makes me feel less like like a fraud if that's that might be too harsh of a word, but you do have like imposter syndrome, and I think that plays a part in it when you're like black and in tech because you don't see a lot of versions of yourself. so you wonder, what are you doing here? Did you like weasel your way in? Mm-hmm. Um, so being here like there's still black people that work at Google in Atlanta it's just that there's more of us and so it just feels more like oh yeah I belong here this is this is a place for me
0: I love it how have you kind of gained or shall I say nurtured your creative confidence over the years um I
2: lo- low-key have not um I still struggle with that uh bad um
0: people When I, when you all do this, please go
2: to, what's your website? What's your Uh, website? Aquasmith.com. Don't go there.
0: No, go there. (laughs) Then y'all are going to be understanding what is she talking about. But I mean, it's good that you know yourself and that's something that, you know, you need to still work on if you, you Uh know.
2: When, well, when I was at Google, I got better at it. Like I got better at being very confident in my point of view on stuff, like how I feel about stuff and, and standing on it. Like, yeah, this is how I process the world. And so this is why my work looks like this right but I think as much as I know I'm a good designer like I'm comfortable saying that I'm a good designer
1: yeah
2: I think the the thing I'm always like warring with is like that balance of knowing I'm good at what I do but I see where I could improve
0: Mm, absolutely yeah
2: and so but those those it's a warring thing you know what I mean like I, I I want to be confident in myself and 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 even in the like, context of this, like I wanna come and show up, like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't always know what I'm talking about. And yeah. there's always gonna be someone that's better than you. And so I think it's just like a weird balancing act of like having enough confidence to put your work out there, but also being humble enough to know that there's always ways to improve.
0: Do you feel like that's a little bit of you wanting to be a perfectionist? Oh, 100%, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which shows through her work, which is why she should have the confidence to definitely say that because I mean, it is just extraordinary. I think anybody that has either, either, oh, ether okay. Somebody had too much coffee this morning. That's a new one, ether We'll use that. But no, anyone that has ever came in contact with, I think you, your work, your working style, whether it's from revisions to recommendations to like tweaking things. I just wanna talk about typography for a second when did your love of typography and the attention to details to of of like letters come from um and who do you what do you feel is the best key to really mastering the art of typography
2: um so i like type in the context of books right Mm
1: -hmm.
2: i like typography I think because I like words and I'm terrible at words. That's just being honest. Not my strength. Yeah. But I like how powerful words can be. You know what I mean? Like they really can do a lot.
1: Absolutely.
0: Is- oh, yeah.
2: You know what I mean? do? like they really are like provocative shits. You really can't hide things in language, you know, especially if people don't understand that language. Especially yeah. like the law. Like you can say a lot of shit with words that people don't understand. Yes. So this is like, it's
0: yeah, no, 100%. I was going to say it has taught me, surprisingly enough, even though I know I host a podcast and I talk all day, but it has really taught me the power of remaining quiet in yeah. order to digest words from like, people because <laughs> they know. are powerful.
2: <laughs> like you really can fuck people up with yeah. Yeah. and how you say it. And so... I, because I don't feel like I have the strongest grasp on words, like not like, like my brother's an English major, and he's always really good at putting his words together. And my mom was an English major, and she was always really good at putting her words together. So I've always admired people that have like a strong grasp on their words. And I think my interpretation or my extrapolation of that is putting words in books and typesetting, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Nice.
2: So um, I think that's, that's honestly what excites me the most about typography is that how I could set something I could set a paragraph style in a way that'll make it either very legible or not or illegible mm-hmm. and there's intention behind both right depending on what I'm trying to convey in the layout and that type of control being able to make you feel something
0: mm-hmm.
2: through words just by the way I typeset, it has always been a powerful notion to me
0: Absolutely. It makes it makes a a heck of a difference. I mean, if you were to, you know, if if I'm reading Shakespeare or, you know, Toni Morrison in Comic Sans versus Thomas Roman, I mean, there's no I'm not going to read it, you know. So, yeah, you make a very valid point. Do you have a have you created a typeface of your own before? no.
2: Which is why I, I get like that that was the context earlier. It's like I, there's a lot of ways people come at it, like you could be a type designer mm-hmm. or, or or you could be more interested in the more commercial sense, like making posters, right? And I think I come at it from. A view on books and big body copy, and I've, I was I worked with this designer at CNN. Ted, I do not remember Ted's last name, but okay. Ted something very interesting to me that I have always found fascinating. He would look at paragraphs, especially at CNN, because we have big chunks of body copy. Yeah, and Ted, yeah, this doesn't color well, and I was like, what <laughs>
0: I think I may just start using that for everything, though. If I'm in a bad situation, this is this doesn't color well. If somebody says something to me, I say this doesn't color well. That he was on to something. That is a thing. If I, taste, if I taste something now with the wrong texture, if I'm eating at a restaurant, I'm just gonna say this doesn't color well.
2: Yes. This little, like what a weird way to describe <laughs> a thing. <laughs> I thought he made it up. To be honest with you, I thought. This- <laughs> a term
1: yeah. and,
2: and so I looked it up and I saw that it, he was talking about the spacing in the paragraph wow <laughs> and you and, and depending on how, like how you track out the type then it can either like be really blocky and, and hard to read or you track it out and then it feels like light and it's easier to, to there's all these rules around typesetting that I I find very interesting that was a tangent the point is I am not a type designer
1: yeah
2: I, I am the next step over where I start to put the thing In a book, which is my preferred medium, but um, I just have always found that 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 use of typography to be the most interesting to me that I can set it in a way where you are either gonna read it and care about it or completely not give a fuck about it
0: yeah, and you mentioned a beautiful thing just now, you setting it in a way, or you even knowing who you are as a designer. I mean, that is one of the things I think that it's very distinct, whether I see the work that you have or I looked at the work on your website and I see the stuff that you have done, you know, on your own or even companies that continue to honestly want to work with you because <laughs> you're not working for them, but they want to work with you because you have a very distinct style. How would you describe your aesthetic? and your design style. Uh,
2: so this is good because I just got to this place where I, I did not know I have style to do, to be honest with you. um. But I think now that I'm getting further into it, I definitely think very hard about stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It sounds very rudimentary, but I am a very thoughtful designer. So I think a lot about what, what stuff means. So I was
0: reading this book um, on type. Oh, we and- love book recommendations on this show. <laughs> They listen to it and trust me, I have had other guests where they start sliding in people's DMs on LinkedIn. Oh, really? Say the name of the book though, if you remember. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me Google it real quick. Okay, hold on. Um, Sorry. I put her on I put her on the spot, so please forgive me, but I want to make sure you all got it just in case you want to read it. I know um there's art, art and type, I believe. It was a Netflix documentary that was really big at one point, but
2: Never Use Futura by Douglas Thomas.
0: Okay. Oh, nice, nice
2: i didn't know all the uses of future and it made me think a lot about That's, um
0: american airlines they use it right
2: and it's also been using a lot of political posters like it's like the typeface of politics mm-hmm. um and i don't think i'd ever thought about like the baggage that some typefaces carry um right
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they got some stories they got some stories some of them
2: do like I was I was reading this has nothing to do with this book but there was a really great article on Obama's campaign branding Mm. and why they used Gotham in 2008 and then when he ran again for his second term they put serifs on the on Gotham which was like this nice conceptual moment about like he's here to stay and I thought that was beautiful Mm.
1: like
2: concepts into type like that like the typeface you're picking can be very intentional and like another layer that speaks to whatever story you're trying to tell so I think My style typically is I've always tried to be thoughtful in that way that I don't start picking things arbitrarily or I I always hate that moment when someone asks me why I did something like why a color is used a certain way or why I picked this typeface and I don't have an answer that's a that's a very debilitating moment and maybe debilitating is too harsh of a word but I do feel your intention yeah, I just don't like when things are just arbitrary or I'm just using it just because I think it's pretty. And and now I've gotten more into this idea of like, if something's ugly, but there's a reason for it being ugly. I think that's interesting. You know, oh. I'm, not, I'm not necessarily trying to make beautiful work either anymore. So I think if I had to describe my style, if there is one, I'm just really, really intentional and sometimes too intentional and restrained. So I'll end up having these very sparse <laughs> things <laughs> because, everything there is saying something because i'm trying to say something this typeface is there to say something this color is there to say something i've set my type like this to say something and so it it can sometimes be sparse um, but i know one thing that i'm always 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 fighting for is for it to be intentional and, and conceptual and speak to something larger yeah
0: I love it. I love it. I mean, that's absolutely beautiful. I think that's the reason why you've been so successful to date. I mean, if you think about, I think, your journey and everything that you've built, it's because you're intentional. You're intentional with, like, how you're doing it. And, you know, these last three years have been a little trying. And I think just for everyone, I mean, as you think about the pandemic, so many things that are happening, how we're moving forward in life. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that your foundation of who you are has ultimately gotten you to this point. If you were going to revisit your creative foundation and I gave you three building blocks and on each block you had to put one word, what one word would you put on each of those blocks to create your new foundation for the next five to 10 years?
1: I
2: think, man, I do. So I would redo my foundation
0: yeah you're redoing it for the next five to ten years. You only have three building blocks. so three blocks and those are the same three blocks that you have to use to build the new foundation.
2: Oh my God um I think I don't know. I don't know if I would is this controversial I don't know if I'd redo anything or do. <laughs>
0: That's the easy out. We need if, if okay. Well, even if you won't redo it, what three words would you just put on on to build that foundation? I that. You can do it that way too. Yeah,
2: I think I would work on confidence.
0: Confidence, okay. I hate
2: that, but it's true. Yeah, I to, I'm not the most confident person. Um, I would work
0: on. Those are normally the richest people, by the way. <laughs> just saying <laughs> no 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 the people that aren't confident no no not confident people yes about to say, because when I
2: see confident <laughs> but, people I'm like
0: uh uh-uh, uh no it's the people that don't claim like you know yeah no confidence, on but, right. like you know but keep yeah. on going keep on going because there's humbleness always with that for sure
2: right which I that's what I'm like I don't know like I know I should work on selling myself more but I, that's my favorite part of myself is yeah <laughs>
0: No, we'll own it. We'll own it. Okay, so two more, two more words. All right, you keep me moving. Okay,
2: confidence is one. The second one, I would, uh, I would slow down, because I think when I have this obsession with like I'm behind,
1: mm-hmm.
2: am I doing enough? So I would, I would definitely slow down and take my time more, because I think I sped through in my twenties like way too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing I would work on. I think it's collaborating more nice um because i think i've just in lately discovered the power of my community
1: oh yeah mm-hmm.
2: and kandacy like i think i just have uh, learned...
1: Like uh, Kandasi Kandasi. Kandasi. Kandasi.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i've just learned how much having people around me that are like-minded is very necessary to me now at this point in my career. Cause I, I don't know, like I've hit this like level of seniority, if that's the word, where there's like this needling that happens now and you're not, I'm not quite sure like what parts to keep and what parts to evolve, you know? And I
0: have 110% made it a goal from this, like, I've always kind of made it a goal to not, and I don't, I don't mean this in a way of to not be inclusive or like away from diversity. But I only work with people that I know I'm gonna have a good time with. That's it. That's yeah. the bare line. So that's literally it. That's collaboration that is working. Like it's like I have to distinctly know we're going to have a good time. And, and don't
2: get- do it. i <laughs> you. Yes. And that I didn't know. I was just talking to somebody the other day about this to do you, like community is really important. Yeah. To- yeah. need, even though it's my even though Cash App is my day job, mm-hmm. I need like co-worker friends that I can yeah. bounce like and, and really what it gets down to is like that trust mm-hmm. you know like, yeah, and we,
0: sure. and you also forget in your community with your friends sometimes you forget yeah. how dope that person is like that you're interacting with you be like you know what I know that we're friends but you right. you are if we were not you are very special you know yeah, impressive okay
1: yeah
2: I think I'm realizing I have impressive friends and I'm proud of y'all and it, it's it's to my benefit having you and being able to run stuff past you and show you my work. And so I have that, and I think I'm realizing that that is critical to me, like evolving. Does that mm-hmm. make sense?
1: Absolutely. You
2: need, you need people, honestly, to tell you when you're talking. <laughs> yeah. To, you need people to tell you when you're being too hard on yourself. And so yeah. I, I, that wasn't as necessary in my 20s because I'm broke and who cares? <laughs> <laughs> my 30s or even like regardless of age like I'm just at this point where I really need collaborators you know and
0: and
2: community so those are my three blocks
0: I love it okay we'll take it listen I mean I think it makes life sweet it makes the journey even sweeter because um We also, as Black people, need to love on each other on a whole nother level because, you know, mental health continues to grow no matter how much, you know, individuals are going to therapy or Bible-based. But I think that love That's the reason why I even had this podcast, even. And I know we're in our 50th episode, but you better believe that I'm going to hit 100 episodes because there are so many amazing people out in the world, you know, such such as yourself that I appreciate. So I just want to give you your flowers right now and say I really do appreciate you. And so segue something Uh that's not on your bio and also speaking of giving your flowers is that you're also this amazing florist. Can you talk a little bit about that hobby and how, just how that hobby got started?
2: So I um, lost my friend to cervical cancer mm. uh, in 2020. When was the pandemic? Times weird. Yeah,
0: yeah, 2020.
2: During the pandemic um, to cancer. And it was weird because when I joined Google, she was diagnosed like 20 mm. And then two and a half years later, she lost the battle. Mm -hmm. And Brenda was my best friend. I know her longer than my husband, Lamar. Um, And she was really spiritual and would always tell me what was right, you know, and encourage me to be my best self.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm funky. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm annoying. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. She just loved me very completely. You know like she always met me where I was at and I've yeah that was my first time having like a friend that loved me that completely so uh she passed away from cancer and I was gutted ruined I was hurt um and I talked to my therapist about it and I was telling her that Brenda uh would always bring me sunflowers mm. um and so I started going to the farmers market and buying sunflowers as a way to feel close to her. Yeah. Um, and then after a while, I started adding more stuff to the sunflowers.
0: Yeah. And
2: then I started finding other flowers that I, in my mind, she would like. <laughs> yeah. And I, I promise you, this is the this is the string of events.
1: Yeah.
2: I Watched a documentary on Anthony Bourdain and he was talking about how creating through pain Mm. and some artists can that can become a very intoxicating thing because you have this dark place you create from and I was like what this is like a thing like you're sad and you make a thing about being sad and so I I, I put two and two together and realized that flowers became my creation of sadness if that makes sense Um, and so now I, I make these little arrangements and they're kind of like little Brenda shrines honestly yeah in my of making a thing to a to remember my friend and b it's like a happy thing because I in my mind she sees them absolutely um and it's just my way of like honoring her and remembering her is through <laughs> and and it's also I'm making a thing you know yeah. and I'm called to make it I don't need anyone I don't care if anybody likes them you know yeah, like
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I, clearly as a way to deal with my grief Around losing my best friend. So uh yeah, that's how I, I came to it And I'm still doing it.
0: Yeah, nice.
2: It can just be weird sometimes to do because like now people want me to do things these for them, and I'm like, ah, but they kinda come
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Listen, it's good. I mean, you know, we had our we had our little tutorial during the thing, and that's when you realize for yeah. I, listen, people. I had I had my one little my one little rose of petal and then I had about two gallons of water and the thing you said ah uh what you doing? I do man? what you making? oh hit me with salons and that lot of water <laughs> <laughs> So yeah so they weren't that bad yeah 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 so we we've gotten we've gotten better and you've also inspired me too you know what I mean I, I no longer go out no yeah, I don't. No, 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 no. I mean, like, I no longer go out and buy the arrangement. Oh, uh, I
1: was about to say I do.
0: No, I buy stuff. Yeah, I buy stuff to create it. You know, I really like that one. I, 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 I love like, I, I like, I like finding that masculine like juxtaposition of like flowers because you know, I mean for. Like you know, quote unquote standard, max masculinity. Sometimes there's like, oh yeah, flowers, blah, blah blah. But I, I love like the rich, like maroon, like dark color. I'm like, like so yeah, that's kind of what I try yeah. to create. So I'm gonna take a picture of the next time I do it and send it to you for sure. I want to see. I will. I will. You know, so much has happened this year um, that it just has been um, so amazing. I mean, I know you talked about that, but I also feel like during the pandemic, at least for me. It felt like creativity was at an all-time high because that's all that you really had to rely on, even in terms of things that people were creating. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't have to be specific. First thing that comes to your mind doesn't require any hard thinking. But what was your last huge creative visual moment, whether it's film, cinema, movies, content, books, something you saw that you remember saying, this is a creative masterpiece. (laughs) Maybe not that deep, but you remember it being a a moment in creativity.
2: Yeah. I think I have these moments pretty often.
0: Oh, nice. Good for you.
2: I do, but I think that might because I'm easily impressed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what was the last one? I I love to share these things because it gives our listeners at home something to uh, kind of check out.
2: For sure. I have two wrecks, okay? Okay. David Attenborough has this documentary on plants. Let me make sure I say the right title. Y'all, it's a beautiful documentary. And I find like sometimes these nature docs are super inspiring to me because nature does some crazy shit with color. Crazy. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Chaos shit. Things <laughs> will work. And so I really will watch these documentaries and just take pictures because sometimes the color combinations are, and, and textures are sometimes bad, but work for some reason. Oh yeah. So um, I was watching this documentary on plants. He has a plant one um, and I really enjoyed it. And I watch it like every two to three days now. Um, so I would recommend that. And then I was watching The Green Planet.
0: The Green Planet, okay. And what is, is it on Apple, Hulu, Netflix? Uh,
2: on the Apple TV. Okay. On the BBC Earth. Okay. Also on PBS so it says Google.
0: Okay. Okay. The Mm -hmm. Green Planet. Please check it out. It's a documentary and the name of the director is...
2: Well, not the director. The narrator is David Atten.
0: Okay. Okay. And then you said there was one more.
2: Yes. Okay. So the next one I was watching this not so much design reference but just I'm obsessed with this story. Spy Family. It's an anime. Very good. The titles on that are really good.
0: Nice, is it inspired off of like the traditional spy family? With like,
2: this is like some random, I don't want to give it away.
0: Okay, okay,
2: my family's really good. And then yesterday, I watched the Sydney Portier documentary. I need to it. the titles in that, too. Very nice,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at the opening scene where all the colors are changing and everything like that, and it's been good. Yeah. Also too, I just always um, you know, we have uh Adrian on the us uh, on the show this season as well. Uh Adrian Octavius Walker. Um, and so um, you know, him. I have uh Tamon and Gary from Creative Theory Agency. They're also on the show this uh season as well. But I think it reminds you of that sense of like brotherhood because to see him and Harry Belafonte in their relationship, it was so inspiring like that's the type of friendships you know that you really want to have to grow um how have you maintained friendships throughout your career
2: yeah friendships are hard (laughs) especially when you get older right like no friends
0: no Um, new friends no new friends no new friends no no no
2: (laughs) i think so i have like three friends from SCAD that I still talk to. Okay. All to the soul. Like, they're, they're there for me.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and I, the, I think the way, a thing that I'm coming to terms with, and I was just talking to Kendesi about this, is when you're, and not to make us sound old, but when you get a little older, right? Like, it's not as easy as just seeing each other. Now you have to be intentional about like going to visit and staying in each other's lives and
1: yeah.
2: on each other, right? Like me and you, Like I gotta check yeah. like, in, see how you're doing over there. Cause you're busy and I'm busy. So we have to be like, hey, I know you're busy but I'm just putting it out there. Like you oh. alive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Also my people are in Atlanta. So I'm a different story, but I know what you mean. Know
2: uh, you know what I mean? Do just like a little poke to make sure you're not dying at Logitech, just. Yeah. <laughs> And and so I think the way it's changed from yeah. me, and that's been a little hard. Like, cause when I was in twi- when I was in my twenties, what was going on? Like, food and scad. There wasn't a lot going on. But now, when peak adulthood, those
0: hit fries at scad. Those fries. I don't know if you remember them, but the fries that scad used to hit.
2: It wasn't a lot. You know, we're in college. It's not. It's not yeah. that hard to maintain. <laughs> I'll, it's it, it's challenging and so I've had to it's been a part of my work is mm-hmm. figuring out how to be a good friend honestly and like how do I let my friends know that I care about them and I love them and I'm here to support them and it was it's been different now like it's not a huge difference but it is like a shift on like showing up for people in my life and like how do I how do I do that like thoughtfully because I also don't want them to feel like I'm like annoying or, or barging in but I, I just It's like a fine balance of I care about you, but I'm not trying to be like needy and annoying. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I kind of feel like with you even kind of taking that approach with friends, I think that you take that approach even from like a collaboration standpoint to where, you know, I think that you're very specific on what you're looking for. Also, like how to get things done. What makes a great creative collaborator?
2: Um. And I'm gonna speak for me, right? Because it's different everybody. I like when people are okay making shitty things. Mm. You know I mean? Like you're not we're not gonna solve it on the first try.
0: But yeah. Some,
2: but some people get very, I think, caught like ego in making it the thing right away. You know what I mean? And even though my first thing was probably the right thing, I kinda like to make a lot of bad stuff. I do, and I'm okay with it being bad. <laughs> yeah, I like collaborating with people that are okay going on that journey of shittiness and mm-hmm. not feeling like it's taking anything away from them.
0: You know, and- my perfect example of that is I don't know if you remember when they first came out with that Sonic movie and they first introduced Sonic, <laughs> and they turned around and they redid that entire movie because of that Sonic look crazy. So I
2: oh, good I do. Sometimes you gotta come again at it. <laughs> I said.
0: So that is always my go to example. I said if this billion dollar movie can take all these renderings, everything they did and redid it, I'm like, we can start from scratch.
2: <laughs> Back and come again. It's okay. We have several Batmans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like people that are, are comfortable in enough in this stuff that if they make a shitty thing, it doesn't mean that they're not shit, you know? Like, I mean, I know there's that saying, like, you're only as good as the last thing you made, which I don't agree. Like yeah. I, I make bad things sometimes and I don't like when my partner whoever I'm creating with freaks out about it like we'll go again we'll try again so I I think for me like that's key just being okay with failing as corny as that sounds like being okay with like not getting it on the first try because I'm not going to get it on the first try.
0: Do you feel like you have um, been able to as you get older and also as you continue to progress in your career remove it's hard to do not remove yourself in terms of your inspiration, but do you feel like you are less attached to your work once it's in the hands of others? Yeah, for sure. Okay.
1: Yeah,
2: for sure. I let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I think you kind of have to. It's like baby, it's like raising a baby. And once you once you hand it off, it's not yours anymore. And whatever form it takes, that's the form it takes. Like sometimes I'll see stuff that my friends get away with at other brands. And I'm like, dang, this stayed so intact from when you gave it off. And that's the I think that's the mark of a good creative. Like, wow, like you had such a strong concept that it more or less, that's kind of what came out the oven. Like that's, you kind of got to be comfortable enough that like you had a, a hell of an idea and you designed it and got it to a place where like no matter where it goes, like it still should pretty much communicate what you're you were intending it to and it happens that it doesn't but when it when it lands and it's it's completely intact from what you put out initially that's impressive. um but I'm not tied to that like I understand that like there's a lot of forces beyond me that uh, can allow or disallow that from happening
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, I, I don't get I used to it used to really hurt my feelings honestly when I first started but now it's one of those things I'm very comfortable with like if if it ends up um, not being exactly what I wanted it to be. That's okay. It's a team effort to do. Like, and we all see things differently. It's, it is a subjective, to some extent, world. That yeah.
0: If old. you had to tell yourself back in Mobile, a few things to keep on your radar yeah. in this industry, what would be those things you would probably tell that individual?
1: Um.
2: Dang it, dude! These questions are hard. You are coming. Okay. <laughs>
1: Perfect. What do? <laughs> the whole interview? Sorry, sorry, I didn't. This is just an interview. What do I want to do? This is sorry. Okay, 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 okay. Turn it to Oprah.
0: No, <laughs> no. I mean. Listen, uh-huh. just, it's just that you're just such an inspiration. And I think like the, I think so many people see the work of like, you know, what, you, what you've done. But I, I, I know that your journey just, I mean, it's like what we don't know. You know what I mean? That I think is the the beautiful thing about it. So that's that's really it, you know, with all the questions, but.
2: question I will answer it. Okay, okay, so okay. okay. Um, hmm. I tell baby aqua I would tell her, man, can I be honest? Am I supposed to be honest? Yes. Yes. I would tread lightly into the NI stuff. Mm. Um, and, and and I think it's, it's a space that for me is hard. And I admire anybody that takes up that mantle. But for me, diversity and inclusion is not always healthy for me. hmm can kind of become a love of toxic space for me. And, and I think it's because, especially when we graduated, it has changed so much. And so some of those conversations are hard conversations. And you end up seeing sides of your coworkers that you didn't know were there. And it has been hard for me, that part of, of the industry, the diversity and inclusion, and the role I play in yeah. in inclus- inclusivity. You know? I think-
0: I think that's very real. I mean, I think that, you know, it's something that everybody, you're naturally gonna be passionate about it because of the makeup of who you are, but your involvement is still 100% voluntary, you know, in terms of how you volunteer from that aspect. So I think that that is very real. Um, okay. And, you know, hopefully that'll actually push more people to kind of say, I'm good. I'm not, it's, it's nothing. I I, I I do this and you have to remember at existing, you're you still are doing it outside of work. Right. So that
2: yeah. <laughs> Cause it used to I felt a lot of guilt uh around my level of participation in those things. Oh, yeah. Especially. Um and, and I know it, it, I'm not placing the blame on anybody, but I think I've come to a space where I'm realizing that I don't always have to participate in every equity and inclusion conversation.
0: Absolutely and it,
2: Nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean. I, I thought that it made me a gatekeeper mm-hmm. if I wasn't actively trying to make sure that people like me had a space, and then I and I still do to some extent.
0: Yeah, literally, when you wake up and breathe, your your job is done.
2: <laughs> yes, I do, and but that was really hard for me to come to, and yeah. I, I couldn't why. It just it just was one of those things that I really processed a lot at Google. So yeah. I definitely tell Baby aqua like, you don't have to submerge and baptize yourself in equity and inclusion to help out your community and other black women, you know, I love like it. To, to get at that, that aren't so taxing.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, listen, you heard it here first. I cannot thank you enough for being on the show. And so, you know, I cannot believe already we have one month to go being that we're in November. Um, We have one month to go in the year. With that being said, there's been so many amazing albums that have came out. I'm the type of person, I need to work out to music. I need to design to music. I also need to create to music as well. If there are three albums that you would say to date, have, and this may change, so I don't want you all in her DMs or LinkedIn calling her out, but to date, if there are three albums that either came out this year or that you had on repeat what are those three albums that you would say make up 2022 for you?
2: Oh my god, Ado! No wait, okay. This
0: you can't so say. You hit me with all the hard
2: This is back to back, dude It's almost violent. It's almost violent. Okay, stop. I'm gonna put in my playlist.
0: Yeah, oh, come
1: on.
2: Uh, I played the shit out of that Steve Lacey album.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Where you
1: are?
0: Where
1: you are? <laughs> really good.
0: That I think I I um. Should I go on record about this? This would be the first time I talked about this.
2: You put me on record to do. Let's go.
0: <laughs> um, I have met someone uh and uh we ha- yeah i've been dating her for a, for a little while and that that song nonetheless yeah that song is uh that song set it off for me okay but this this is give me my mic back this is this is okay. my, my okay. what are the other two albums
2: <laughs> okay so that steve Lacey album has been on repeat front to back i've been listening to a lot uh let me see brent faez is in here a lot
0: Mm, i forgot that came out this year
2: it did and
1: it was good
0: Yeah, wasteland right Mm -hmm. yeah i love um is it um all mine
1: yes
2: i play addictions a lot and then i don't know if i have been listening to a lot of like weird jazz stuff so okay Train has been on repeat a good bit, and then I just started to listening to the Ahmad Jamal Trio, The Awakening. Okay. He's been sampled a lot, but I'm a big fan.
0: Big fan. nice. I love Brent. Um, actually Alicia. Um, he has. Well, Alicia Keys has a song with him too called Billions. That is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I cannot thank you so much, my friend. Ben, you. Well, yeah. Thank you to my friend, family, my sister for being on a dose of black joy and caffeine. And I have to tell you that this is only part one, so we cannot wait to have you on again. And to all my listeners at home, thank you so much for tuning in week over week. Please be sure to tune in to our next episode where you'll be able to hear from another industry titan. And as always, be safe and remember that you deserve a dose of black joy and caffeine. Take care.